Hi, I'm Matthew. My co-hosts, Brianna, Michael, Paul, and I have found life beyond Mormonism to be brighter than we were told it would be. Join us for discussions about our journeys from Mormon to Jesus. I'm Brianna from the Outer Brightness Podcast. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And we are talking this week on a follow-up to last week's show. So Andy, can you tell us about last week's show a little bit? Yeah, it'll be a little bit. I got a little bit. Yeah, just I a got little a little bit. lengthy last time. You did. Yeah, it was last time we just <laughs> talked about, um, you know, just uh, discipleship and discipleship from the heart. And really, it got down to really who you're listening to, and and are you are you trying to be uh, discipled in a way of just trying to obtain something and try to do something instead of just you know, being in a relationship with Jesus and letting him lead and doing what he said, come follow me. Yeah, discipleship comes walking so close to your um, whatever it is. Rabbi, Rabbi, thank you, (laughs) that you get their dust of whatever they stepped in all over you, right? right? That's the intimacy, the closeness that, you know, we're talking about is is are you walking in that closeness with Jesus? And the follow-up this week is, there's another voice out there. There's other voices out there clamoring at you, mm-hmm. not just Jesus' voice. You know, it's it's the voice of the world that yep. the enemy kind of throws at you. And one of the things that the enemy likes to do is steal your percept perception, yeah, perception mm-hmm. of who Jesus really is. So, Andy, that's right. going to lead us to a clip from Vintage Twenty One Church in Raleigh that yep. they did several years ago now. Yep, uh, on. Uh, on Jesus, you want to tell us yeah. a little bit about Well, on the previous show, we pr- played a lot of commercials, and the commercials are, are, you know, it's what we're taught through almost in this day and age, whether we know it or not, and that's the voice that we're listening to. And this, uh, speaking of commercials, this is uh, a commercial for how we perceive, uh, in, a, in the way we live life, it's kind of a, how we perceive Jesus. It's obviously not what we see in the Bible. It's, um, I think, comes from the story, the greatest story ever told, is if you was a video, that's the video part, and it's just an overlay of voices on Jesus and his disciples. Yeah, and it's the way the world wants you to look at Jesus and and how he looks at you. Do you think he can fly? Hmm. Here he comes. Well, all right. Now it's time for me to tell you all what you've done wrong since I last saw you. Don't try and hide because I'm Jesus. I will find you. Let's start with you, Peter. You lied to your mother the other day. Andrew, you said a naughty word when you hit your finger with the hammer. James, you laughed at him when he hit his finger. Moving right along, John, you drank too much wine the other night. Not way too much, just enough to make me angry. Matthew, we (laughs) fell asleep in church, didn't we? Yes, we did. (laughs) And Thomas, you were slow dancing a little too close with that girlfriend of yours. Let's see. And you, I forgot your name, so you're off the hook for now. (laughs) Um, hmm. 
Philip, I saw you smoking a cigarette behind that big rock the other day. Thaddeus, I hate to say I saw you stick up your middle finger at someone who cut you off when you were riding your camel. Benjamin, you aren't wearing your WWJD bracelet. Jacob, I don't mind you saying my name, but not after you stub your toe. And Frank, you know what you did. I just can't repeat it because I'm Jesus. <laughs> all right, all you sinners, come with me. It's time to pay the piper. Man, it was only one cigarette. I heard that. <laughs> I know that seems like it's a little far out there, but when you really listen to it, it's what the what the world tries to tell you about Jesus, about God, about the Bible, mm-hmm. right? That it's just judgmental, that there's no relationship there, that there's no feelings there. It's all just about checks sin and management. Ba- yeah, sin management, yeah. checks and balances. Yeah, no mercy, no understanding, no no relationship, really. I mean, there's not much relationship in there. There's a lot of judging, though. Yeah, and so understanding how to step away from letting the world disciple you mm-hmm. means to get you got to get a clearer picture of Jesus, and that's not mm-hmm. it. No, no. Right? I mean, that's as, as opposite as you can get from Jesus. Absolutely, yeah. If you want to go watch something on YouTube, go to uh, The Two Roads by John Lynch. Mm-hmm. And when it gets to the section on there where it talks about um, looking at your sin with Jesus, that's mm-hmm. more what Jesus is like, yeah, right? right? Yep. And so you, go, you can go do the homework and go do that. It's a pretty awesome little mm-hmm. video. It's, what, 15 minutes or so. Yep. And it uh, rocked my world, changed a lot of things mm-hmm. that I saw. But in order to step away from the world, we got to step towards something that's worthwhile to step towards, too. Right. Yep. But that first road is so good. It is. It is. You know, and I think that that's what we need to look at doing, you know, stepping away from the world, because a lot of what we've talked about on the previous show was just this whole... I deserve fill in the blank, right? And, and that's what you hear. That's what you see. That's everything that's going on in society and has been. It's just escalated. Yeah, and I think the the trap in that was that speaks to your flesh. That speaks to finding life outside of God. And that that is the trap we all live in. Ever since, ever since the day we were born, that's what the enemy has been trying to do. And it's refreshing to get a different perspective on that a voice that actually tells you don't do everything your flesh wants go help somebody else and see how you feel then and you know the scripture it talks about the who those who will uh seek to save their life will lose it and those who will lose their life for the benefit of the gospel and, and jesus they'll actually save their life and i to me i never really understood that but to me that whole saving your life is basically doing it the world's way you're trying to get life out of um whatever appeals to your flesh or to you know what everybody else is doing instead of you know getting life from god yeah i think that a lot of times people are looking to they want to be the judge and jury you know along with it and and i have those feelings right when i feel like i've been wronged i definitely have those feelings but it's learning to be able to step away from that and say okay god you're the judge Right, I need you to guide me through how to deal with this. Yeah, you had mentioned in the previous show mm-hmm. about the check engine light, so to speak. Like, how do I know that I'm listening to the world rather than listening to God? And, and you know, we talk about it at boot camp all the time. If you're listening for the voice of God and you feel condemnation, mm-hmm. 
in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it's like that check engine lights flashing, or you know, you checked your dipstick and you're mm-hmm. four quarts low. I mean, it, you you literally there's not enough oil of the spirit, or you would know that there's a big, huge difference between repentance, you know, or you know, being you know convicted by the Holy Spirit versus condemnation or feeling condemned for your behavior or or, or those kind of things, but one of the beautiful things is, is you think about repentance and the way that God really wants it is to turn to him and help him, like you said, like John Lynch, put his arm around you and say, okay, let's work, you know, we're gonna work through this, this you know. But he's, he's right there with you and he's not on the other side of your sin and, and that's the big, huge message. Yeah, it is. You know, I think that there's so many times my gauge, you talk about, you know, the gauge. When my temples are pounding and I can feel my blood pressure up, it's probably a good time to say, God, what am I so upset about? What am I so angry about? What am I so this about? Really, I need perspective, right? Larger story, smaller story. I am so far down in the weeds in the smaller story right now that I can't really see what's going on. Maybe that person ahead of me is having the worst day of their life. They're on their way to the hospital. I don't know what's going on in their life, but I've pronounced judgment on them, right? At best, they're an idiot. <laughs> at best, right? It could be a lot of other words that are changed, but at best, they're an idiot. I didn't really want to say this, but my Robbie was talking about me in the earlier show, and I, I was behind a complete idiot. That's yeah. about as far as I go. I knew they'd get in and laugh out of you. <laughs> yeah, but we we do, and the people I judge harshest are usually those that I see judging others that are beneath them and the concept of power. Mm-hmm. My wife and I love cruising. Haven't been since last January, thanks to going on C nineteen. You like going on cruises? Going on. Oh, cruising is something else. <laughs> See, I am so innocent and good. I, I don't think even that's know a your reference. Term, terminology these days. So I would say going on cruises. Going on cruises. We like getting on big boats with yes. that are very expensive with people that can afford it, even though we can't. But we usually manage because we love it. But on there, we encounter the the greatest servants you're ever going to see, and ninety nine percent of them are. From smaller countries, usually poor countries, um, and they have every—I mean, they, they might be posing, but they have every uh, thing that you see in them is this is a person who loves to serve others. Mm-hmm. And then you see rude Americans and sometimes other nationalities that, you know, you didn't do this right, do you? And and I will often there because they're strangers and I can get away with it, challenge them. I said, well, you know, this this person, if and I don't know if you're a Christian or not, but aren't they doing the best thing? I mean, we're indulging. We're here on a ship having a good time indulging ourselves and they are serving us. And I will often, you know, tell the staff, well, yeah, what can I do for you? Because, oh, you can't, you can't, you can't. I mean, it's almost scares them that anybody would want to serve them. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a love there that that's part of the desire to be on the cruises. And sometimes I'm embarrassed to be a guest instead of one of the folks working there. 
I don't think you could work there. You're kind of tall. It, it would be a problem because I get tiny little cabins. Yeah, they do. they do. Robbie, you have a, a clip that will give us some things to probably discuss. Oh, yeah. It's a challenging clip. I had actually spotted it about three weeks ago. It's been challenging me for three weeks of of how I should respond to this interchange or what I should think and you know since there's a talk show host in it I felt like certainly related um, it's from the TV show the West Wing and this person is the president playing the president of the United States is fairly arrogant I guess that's a good way to put it and he challenges this talk show host specific specifically t- challenges her on the Bible what you can't see from the clip that, that I think is important when you're hearing is, first of all, he's very bothered that she is sitting. Everybody else in the room is standing. And since she is sitting, he feels totally disrespected. And, you know, sh- she looks like she's the arrogant one as you begin to, to see this, the way that this is portrayed. And he's at the point in this clip he's he's in a, an election where he is apparently trying to explain to his staff members how he is going to beat his opponent and so at the end when he says that's how I'll beat him he's making reference to the opponent that he's in the middle of a, of a contest with but play the clip and I think everybody will be challenged enough the president of the United States I'm sorry uh, your doctor Jenna Jacobs, right? Yes, sir. It's good to have you here. Thank you. Forgive me, Dr. Jacobs. Are you an MD? A PhD. A PhD? Yes, sir. In psychology? No, sir. Theology? No. Social work? I have a PhD in English literature. I'm asking because on your show people call in for advice and you go by the name Dr. Jacobs on your show and I didn't know if maybe your listeners were confused by that and assumed you had advanced training in psychology, theology, or healthcare. I don't believe they are confused, no, sir. Good. I like your show. I like how you call homosexuality an abomination. I don't say homosexuality is an abomination, Mr. President. The Bible does. Yes, it does. Leviticus. 18.22. Chapter and verse. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions while I had you here. I'm interested in selling my youngest daughter into slavery, a sanction in Exodus 21.7. What would a good price for her be? While thinking about that, can I ask another? My chief of staff, Leo McGarry, insists on working on the Sabbath. Exodus 35.2 clearly says he should be put to death. Am I morally obligated to kill him myself, or is it okay to call the police? Here's one that's really important, because we've got a lot of sports fans in this town. Touching the skin of a dead pig makes one unclean. Leviticus 11.7. If they promise to wear gloves, can the Washington Redskins still play football? Can Notre Dame? Can West Point? Can I burn my mother in a small family gathering for wearing garments made from two different threads? Think about those questions, would you? One last thing. While you may be mistaking this for your monthly meeting of the ignorant tight club, in this building when the president stands, nobody sits. Toby. Yes, Mr. President. That's how I beat him. So... You know, as you listen to that clip, I'm sure if, if you're a, love the Bible as I do and love the Lord as you do, that you can't help but be challenged in a lot of ways. But as the more I process the clip, we use a clip from the movie Goodwill Hunting all the time. 
mm-hmm. and when we're doing the poser talk, and we've used it on the show several times, where a, a guy in a Harvard bar insults, you know, Will's friend, and and here's this big challenge again, very similar to this interchange of knowledge, a- and the idea that Paul teaches is that knowledge puffs up and love builds up and so I love that you played the pasty Jesus clip at the beginning because we're talking about a leader here Um, and and when you think about it you know what kind of leader would Jesus be and can you ever see him in that role that you just heard or does that actually that come off as arrogant to you and then what would you say as a Christian to the world as they're screaming at this at you that you're part of the ignorant club, right? That that this this woman has her PhD, but she's she's still ignorant, right? And the Bible's irrelevant because you know all this outdated material, so-called, is what he is attempting to illustrate. So as you find yourself in that position, and you're sitting there. What would Jesus say? What would you say um, in response? You know, to this interchange, if you find yourself in that position, or more importantly, how do you really feel about those things? Right, because you're checking your own engine light. Like, do I feel the Bible's outdated? Do I feel like I really don't know? You know, do I feel ignorant? Do I do I feel lesser than these people that 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 hold this stuff over me? You know, where where do you find yourself? And it's a great place. I I, I really enjoyed it for the last three weeks. You know, as challenging myself with this, and actually got some help from God eventually, Sam, because you know God came to my rescue and said, Robbie, look at this verse. Um, and he and he specifically took me to Isaiah six ten, which talked about speak to them and make their hearts fat so that they will have ears and they won't hear and they'll have eyes that they won't see so they won't turn and be healed and and it speaks again to the the, to the point that if we're so full of ourselves that we don't need God, that we think we know what the Bible should say more than God thought it what it should say, right? Or if we <laughs> think, you know, that in, in any way, shape, or form, that we don't need God because we've got this thing under control, whether that's going down the road, Sam, or, <laughs> or, or, or you know, when that next customer calls and says something, you know, that just catches you off guard, you know, it's just all these places, it really gets at the heart of the fact that, man, um, to be a disciple of Jesus really means to lean on him a whole lot. It, it does. You know, you'd ask a question in there, you know, how would you respond? And I, my initial thing was, I'll tell you in three weeks, <laughs> when I've had time to process it. But I think it depends on the interchange that you're in. You know, if you're in an interchange with, like, you, you played in that clip, there is no real response because he's just looking for fodder, you know, to, to tear you down some more, right? But if it's a, a conversation and, you know, someone brings up the whole selling your daughter into slavery, you know, Robbie, I think you had a, a great point. The term for slavery is not the way we in, 
interpret it today, right? That meant more like an indentured servant, I think you were saying. Right, and culturally, it's a completely different time, and, and you're not in a position to feed your daughter. And so what exactly is it that you do in this, in this culture? And it's pretty easy for us to figure all that out, but, you know, God used the Bible to instruct these people in a specific time in specific ways based on his purposes, which, number one, I don't understand the culture, and, and number two, I, I certainly am not completely clear on what all God's requirements were for a people to be able to have his son, <laughs> right? This is what the Jesus function was going to be, was to be the line of Christ. And the holiness that would be required in order for God to tabernacle with them is, is something that we aren't in that anymore. So it's, it's a challenge. You could you could really tell that was an older clip for a couple reasons. You know, one, the name of the Washington football team has changed in, in the last year or so, and and they actually haven't played football in a long time. <laughs> They're out there every Sunday. The but question they is, have they ever? <laughs> have they, I'm sorry, Dennis, yeah, if you're listening. Yeah, back with John Riggins and you know some of the people were there, but uh, yeah, not for a while. There goes our there goes our Virginia and Maryland audience. Thanks, Sam. Oh, they they've learned how to how to, how it feels to be a, a Washington football team fan. They know what that's like. So, Andy, how would you answer the, those questions? You know, like it's tough, right? Because the world is trying to scream at us that the, the Bible's outdated. Yeah. Right. But it's timeless too, and you don't have to necessarily answer, Jim. You can jump in, but it. It's timeless. How can it be outdated? Yeah, it is. And, and you know, there there are things I'm not going to try to be God. I don't know what exactly was in His mind. I know that I can trust His word from whenever I believe what's been given to me. I know that He, you know, for example, I mean, He He has certain things the way a family should operate and look, and those things that have been to stand the test of time. But um, you, you know. It, we we are try the enemy tries to trip us up and use the Bible. I mean, he tr- did it to Jesus. He tried to quote the Bible to Jesus in his temptation, and to get him to go down a path. And and we the, the world will try to do that with us as well. We do need to know truth. We do need to know context. And I believe the closer we walk with Him, we'll be able to give those answers. But there's some answers I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to stand in for God and say. What his mind is, I can repeat what he says in a particular instance, but I'm not going to be the one that actually speaks for him and explains what was actually in his mind. So, Yeah. Go ahead, Harold. If there's something that seems to be a problem, it's not a problem with the Bible. It's a problem with our understanding. It's our ignorance of things like you just mentioned. There, the, those commands were given to a specific people at a specific time. And so you have to take things in the right context and try to understand them that way. And I think it's also a journey with God. I know I've shared on here a long time ago, but there there was a season when I was going through the Bible. I just finished uh, some reading I was doing, and, and I'm like, okay, God, what do you want to go through now? He's like, Genesis. I'm like, why? I've been through mm-hmm. Genesis like a bunch of times, right? You know, why do I want to go back through Genesis? All right, I'll do it. Genesis. No, Exodus. He wants you to oh, through Exodus. Yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, it's a hard. First of all, he wanted you to learn which book was which. Hey, I learned the stories. You know, <laughs> so he told Exodus. Robbie on the slides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, so you, he, all right. So Exodus. It was Exodus. It was Exodus. Thank you, Robbie. It was Exodus, and so I'm reading through there, and I get to this part that I'd skimmed over in the past, and it says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and I was angry. Oh my gosh, I was so angry. You know, and it was more reflecting on my own. Am I going to be bad enough like the Pharaoh that you're going to harden my heart? Right? That's really what I wasn't articulating, but that's why I was so angry. And so I was like, God, why would you harden somebody's heart? And he, you know, I, I stuck with it. I didn't read for a while because I was mad. Right? And I just, I would come back to it. God, why did you harden his heart? Why did you harden his heart? And at some point, I just realized that God knew the end of the story for the Pharaoh. And if he knew that they weren't, he was never going to change, right? The way he could get his people free from him is to go ahead and, and expedite things, right? Because he knows what's going to happen, you know, beginning, end, middle, and end, right? And so it became a point where God let me have peace in the midst of me allowing him to be God <laughs> and me not fully understanding, but getting to a point where he was gracious, gracious enough to say, Look at it this way, right? And I was able to move past a point that I didn't understand, that you know, that, that didn't make sense to me. And actually, he helped me guide me back to what the real issue was. I was more worried about my own heart and needed to walk closer with him in the midst of it. Jim, did you have something you wanted to say? I did, but I totally forgot what it was because you had such a compelling story there. Sam. Well, thank you. I, I Exodus, not Genesis. Apparently it's Exodus, not, not Genesis. Well, and, and interestingly, this is the same word that God gave me in Isaiah 6.10, where, where he said to make their hearts fat. That word fat, again, and this is a fascinating word, that harden and fat are the same word in Hebrew, which also happens to be the word that when it says honor your father and mother, that word honor right there, it's the same word as harden, Pharaoh's heart, and it is the same thing as the fat heart. But the idea is a value of richness. And it's interestingly the exact opposite of poor, and, and it speaks right to the heart of, I think, you know, whether you're talking about it doesn't get any better than this because of old Milwaukee or have it your way, that the idea is that you need to be self-made, rich. Yeah. And the idea is poor in spirit. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to leave us with is Jesus commanded us one thing when he left. Love one another. Love your father. Love our father, right? Love one another. If we loved one another more like we're called to, maybe the world would be more apt to follow Jesus and not apt to follow the world, right? I mean, the people in the world would say, look, there's something more here that I want, more life, more uh, healing, more of everything that's really true here, but it takes us stepping out and loving them in the midst of where they are. So go love somebody this week and help them follow Jesus. This is the Truth Network.